0: Well, you know how that freedom is. He said, you got 10 minutes tonight, but I give you all the freedom in the world. (laughs) Well, it's going to be good. It's always great to be back uh, with Pastor Mark and Amy, and uh, they're some of our favorites, obviously, for many reasons. But I love what God's doing here in Idaho. Do you know the word's getting out about you? It is. It is. I mean, I go across the country, all over the place, and and uh, in conversation, one thing will lead to another, and someone will say something, and it just happens to spark the conversation where I'll say, well, you know, my brother-in-law is over there in, at, uh, in Idaho. Is that Mark Bohr? I said, yeah. I said, man, that church is really, yeah. And so uh, word is getting out. Hey, Bo, Kathy, it's good to see you. Word's starting to get out uh, about what's going on here. And look at what's happening on a Wednesday night. This is crazy. This is good. Do you remember last year uh, we were struggling just to get in the parking lots and slipping and sliding? And and you got 50 degree weather, and in Tulsa it's like 20. So I'm glad I'm here. Amen. I wish my wife could be here with me, and uh, that is Mark's brother, uh, Mark's sister. That's Mark's brother. Kenny and Stacy, but no, Erin's the, the, the youngest of the group and, and the only girl in the family. So uh, she's told me all the stories about how they picked on her, but I don't know if that's true or not. We'll see. Well, I have something to share with you tonight, and I want to pray. Please pay attention to my words when I do, because I know. How many believe God is everywhere? Okay. Well, I know when we say some things, have you ever heard those scriptures say, whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say have come to pass. He'll have whatever he what? Says. God gave us a real good bird's eye view of what it's like to say something and see something with Genesis chapter 1, all the way to Genesis chapter 30, or 1 to to verse 1 to uh, chapter 1, verse 31, when everything that he said happened. So let's say some things right now and watch what God does, okay? Father, I thank you for the wonderful people you put in front of me tonight. These wonderful pastors, Lord God, that your hand is upon and the glory of God is with them to do a work in this city that will revolutionize church in this last day. I thank you for that. And right now, I come against every pain, every sickness, every disease that would be upon these people in any way, shape, or form. And from this moment, let the Holy Spirit just move through us. Touch our lives, just like the Word says. If Christ lives in you, the same Spirit will quicken us, even as he quickened Jesus. So let these people be quickened and touched. Pain disappear. Symptoms go in every fashion and form. In your precious name and to your glory, amen. Amen. So uh, we're going to start seeing some things happen uh, as we begin here tonight. Now, let me start this way. I want to really ask you to open up your minds and to start using your imagination for tonight, okay? This is one of the areas where we limit the grace of God uh, with our imagination or lack of. Now think for a moment. Most people in life have about a 10-mile radius at most that they live and function in. They move their home to a place that's not far from work. And within that location and degree of of distance from their work, they what? They have all that they need. Dry cleaners, grocery stores, gas stations, right? Medical buildings if they need them. They live in a real small life and small cocoon, so to speak. So what happens when you live like that? You develop patterns and routines and habits. Isn't that correct? And within those patterns, routines and habits, you then figure out See, that's one of the things that's, that happens with familiarity as a minister. You'll figure a minister out. Well, he kind of moves in this area, but, but he doesn't seem to move in this area. And he kind of has this happen, but he doesn't seem to have this. And you figure him out as if to say that God can't do anything at any time in any way. Because we're used to wanting to figure out our life. Because we don't like surprises. We like to know ahead of time what's going to happen before it happens. Right? And thereby, what takes place is you start to limit your imagination. Could this happen? Well, not, 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 not in my life. That doesn't happen. Well, why couldn't it? Right? And something new is about to happen, and guess what you think? Well, something might go wrong. And I've always thought a lot of things are already wrong. <laughs> so what would happen if it went right? Well, what if it doesn't work? What if it does? And our imagination does what? It limits what God can do. Over in Psalm 78, it said, the, the children of Israel, they limited the Holy One of Israel for they did not remember the things that he had done. Or they were not privy to things that he could do. So all of it brought limitation. Let me say it to you like this, and, I, and this is not an ironclad, you know, it only works this way, but I've watched it work this way most of the time. Now I'm talking music for a moment. As a, as a young boy, I learned how to play the piano, but I learned how to play the piano by notes. I had a teacher that had to teach me. Bless her, darling heart. Amen. Amen. I was the kind that didn't practice, but I was good enough to be able to just, just fake it, you know? And, and I wouldn't listen to her, so I'd just play, and she'd have to, you know, I just, it was really not great. But anyhow, the way that I got taught was by every line, every note, the time signatures, Not that any of that's bad, but in other words, I got taught in a way where I was dependent upon the book and the notes. And if you would ask me to play by ear, I already became dependent on the book and the notes. So my imagination was very limited to playing by ear because I was locked into and was trained to look for a note. Can you play something? Well, if you have a book right? But what about people that don't get trained to play by notes? They get trained to play by ear. Can you hear that? Well, yeah, you can hear that. Find those notes, and they find the notes. And they begin to learn chords, and they play by ear. And all of a sudden, playing by ear gives you what? It gives you a lot more room to maneuver. And when it comes to being somewhere without your book... Or the notes, you don't need them because you're playing out of what? You're playing out of the imagination or intuition of your own heart. And so you're not as limited, are you? Because I've found that people that learn by notes usually never are able to go back and play by ear. But people that learn to play by ear can figure out what the notes are and then actually do both. See, we get trained in Christianity to be 100% dependent upon the book. And and if there's anything to be dependent upon, you'd want to have as far as earthly, you'd want it to be the book, the Bible. But then we lose the intuition and the what? The creativity that's necessary, your imagination to move with God and flow with God and hear God and think bigger thoughts and go places we've never gone before and experiences things that we've never experienced before, or in our wildest imagination, you would think it could never happen to me. But it can. When you can think big enough, because see, we've been given a challenge by the Apostle Paul. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, the Amplify says, infinitely beyond your highest prayers, thoughts, desires, hopes, and dreams. Yeah. Amen. Because there's something at work in us called the Holy Ghost. So I want to ask you to just open up your heart and mind a little bit tonight. Because there's a scripture here that says what I'd like to see happen tonight. Turn over in your Bibles of John 5, 24, but this is in the Message Bible. I'll begin reading, and it says, It's urgent that you listen carefully to this. Anyone here who believes what I'm saying right now and aligns himself with the Father, who has in fact put me in charge, has at this very moment the real, lasting life, and is no longer condemned to be an outsider. This person has taken a giant step from the world of the dead to the world of the living. And I want us tonight, and trust that what I share in the next few moments, it'll help you to take a giant step. Now, spiritually speaking, what Jesus has done, it's taken you a giant step. You were in the kingdom of darkness. And he immediately moved you into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He qualified you to be a part of that because of His blood. Amen? Amen. But mentally, I want to take you into a giant leap from the world of the dead into the world of the living. See, we're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And if we can get two-thirds of you going the right direction, that other third will just have to go along. (laughs) Amen? You know what I'm talking about? You know, Peter... They're in a boat, and they're struggling, and there's a storm going on, and Peter takes a gander out there and sees something that kind of looks like a a human being that's walking. They might have thought he was a ghost, and the closer he got, they realized he was Jesus, and he cried out and said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. And right there, when he's saying what he's saying, because he's focused on Jesus, he's not thinking about the waves. He's not thinking about what they've been through and how the storm is a whole lot bigger than what their skill is on the sea at that moment. He's not thinking about that. His eyes are fixed on this figure. That's defying the laws of nature, walking on the water. Lord, if it be you, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. What else is he going to say, right? And Peter, without thinking, gets out of the boat and actually walks right to him. So guess what you've got? You've got your mind right now siding in with the potential of your spirit, which is unlimited. And Peter's not considering the flesh. Until he gets to Jesus, and then why in the world would you take your attention off of Jesus, put it on the flesh or the world or the waves and the sea, and all of a sudden his mind went to the waves and the sea, and the mind now goes two-thirds, soul and flesh against the spirit, and it begins to sink. The elevator starts going down, which is a very interesting thought, that the anointing just began to wane. And he cries out for help as he gets down about here, and he puts his attention back on Jesus. And isn't it interesting? He just came right back up because all of a sudden, having his attention on Jesus, now two-thirds, soul and spirit, are against the flesh. And you've just won. A giant leap from the world of the dead to the world of the living. Amen. So I want to talk tonight about the hearing, seeing, and doing life. Very interesting. Very interesting. Come on your Bibles over to John chapter 5, verse 19. Wow, somebody's pain's disappearing. Amen. In the knees, someone's pain's disappearing. In the shoulders, glory to God, someone's pain's disappearing. In the abdomen, hallelujah. Come on, let's just have a whole bunch of stuff happen. Why not, right? I was in one meeting and just made it up. And people got healed let alone paying attention to the Holy Ghost. What do you mean? I was in a meeting and just said some things. Why don't we have an eye healed? Why don't we have a shoulder healed? Why don't we have a heart healed tonight? Why doesn't somebody's lungs just get healed? He said, how could you just make it up? I I said, why not? And people all over the room got healed of the very things that I said. So God's doing something right now. Why not? And I'm expecting you to be so full of expectation and not let your flesh get the best of you. You just sit there while you're being healed and don't even experience it. I'm expecting you to start moving around and experience it and get happy enough to start running around the room. Amen. We might as well have a wild time tonight. Huh? As long as we're going to be here. This is one of those churches, folks. Say, what do you mean? It's one of those churches. People talk about you. They think people are praying in other tongues. They think people are rolling on the floor. They think people are getting crazy and dancing and shouting. Why disappoint them? I mean, we could have gone to the first and then the, you know, the frozen chosen. We could have gone there and just sat there. But we're here tonight. You're at one of those churches. You act all like you've never done that before or thought about being wild or crazy. So John chapter 5, verse 19 in the Message Bible, it says, So Jesus explained himself at length and said, I'm telling you this straight. The son can't independently do a thing. Only what he sees the father doing. What the father does, the son does. The father loves the son and includes him in on everything he is doing. Man, I love that. And it goes on to say, But you haven't seen the half of it yet. For in the same way that the father raises the dead and creates life, so does the son. The son gives life to anyone he chooses. Neither he nor the father shuts anyone out. Well, Jesus came to show us what it looks like to be connected to God. So in the same way Jesus says, I can't do a single thing unless I see the Father do it. And the Father shows me everything that he does so that I can in turn do what he does. And hey, you haven't seen the half of it yet. He's getting ready to show me things that are greater than you've ever seen before. Well, that means God wants to show us everything and even greater than you've ever thought before. It's an interesting thought. In the Amplified, let me read and see what it says. So Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, the Son is able to do nothing of himself, of his own accord. But he is able to do only what he sees the Father doing, for whatever the Father does is what the Son does in the same way, in his turn." The father dearly loves the son and discloses or shows him everything that he himself does. And he will disclose to him or let him see greater things yet than these so that you may marvel and be full of wonder. That's what he wants to do with you. But if you've got just your thoughts only on something of this world to help you to know God then what will you do but shut down that creativity that can reach out and touch God in ways you've never dreamed of? So the Bible is helping us tonight to do what? Open our hearts to something other than you've experienced. Well, brother, I like my four miles that I live in. Okay. But wouldn't you want to have greater experiences in the four miles that you live in? Hmm? Isn't there something that you find yourself looking at and, and, and you wish, you long for it to change and be different? This is how you do it. What am I talking about tonight? The hearing, seeing, and doing life. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, do you think that Jesus walked around with a huge satchel of scrolls? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get that one. No, not in that one. No, not in that one. I know it's here somewhere. Right here. This is where it says it. No. It shows us right here that Jesus was living out of the relationship where he was constantly in contact with God, seeing him do things, showing him visions, an impression in his heart. I need to go to this house. How do you know? I just feel that impression. I can see it in me. I just saw myself turn right here and go. Let's go. Do you think that's possible for you to have an experience like that? I just need to go to this grocery store, not that one. Well, this is the one you always go to. I know, but I'm just going to go. I don't know why. You can't explain those things. But there's a miracle waiting for you right there. Hmm. Do you think we could live like that? Because if you're only going to play the piano by the notes, you're going to miss the opportunity to play out of your heart. Mm-hmm. Come on, I know you got scriptures memorized. I love them too, but they're all trying to help you to have this kind of regular relationship. Not just to be a Bible thumper. Come on, think about it. You walk up to somebody and because you're just full of every chapter and every verse and every single Bible, every single Bible verse, you know, reference and all. You start spitting out four and five scriptures to somebody that knows nothing about God. Really? Why don't you just relate to him? Hey, brother, I'm highly favored and full of God's grace. Oh, shut up. I mean, I just had a woman call me from, from Texas, you know, and talking to me, you know, that's in, in need just this afternoon on the phone, and she's telling me how, you know, she's got all of her business straightened out so she knows she's worthy to get her healing. All of her scripture's just perfect. You know, she's done right, you know, by, by loving people and forgiving certain ones, you know, the need to be forgiven and all that, everything. So pretty much I told her, well, you know, Jesus didn't need, obviously didn't need to come for you because you got your whole life figured out, don't you? In other words, I wanted her to start living out of her heart. Why? Are you better? Well, well, no. Well, then what you're doing is not making a connection with your own heart to him. Right? I'm in Minnesota a week ago, and I'm talking to this lady, and she, her friend's with her. And she, I said, so what's wrong with you? And She said, well, you know, I, I got some... Issues with, there's some cancer. my I said, well, as I said, is it getting better? She said, well, I mean, you know, we're, and the friend pipes in and says, she's doing really well. And I looked at her and said, no, she's not. She's getting worse. How does that sound like well? In other words, you're not really a good friend. You're going to kill her for crying out loud. Help her to find where she's not making a connection so she can where the thing disappears. Come on, you've got a river of life flowing out of you. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison door. I mean, you sang it tonight like a good bunch of country folk, you know. <laughs> I've got a river of life. I'm used to that going, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. But I sang it just like you did because it's the West. Amen. I didn't say that. Someone else did. No, I'm just busting you. I love that song. Come on, she's got a river of life coming out of her, but she's stymieing. That's what I told her. I said, you're like a mason building a big wall in front of you and God. That's why it's not working because you got everything figured out. I said, why don't you get in your car and go to a park or go down to the, go down to the uh, Gulf Coast where she's right by it. And I said, and just sit there and just begin to see what God's done in, in the beautiful way that he's touched nature. And if God could do that, why in the world do you think it's possible for you to have a heart problem? She said, well, I'm in mobile. I said, what do you mean you're in mobile? I said, can you walk? She said, well, I mean, well, I guess I, sh- I should. Uh, I said, yeah, well, yeah. And she said, well, I haven't really thought about you know, about getting in a car, but I guess I, 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 I could get in my car. I said, let me ask you a question. What miracle in the Bible ever looked really good before it was a miracle? I said, talk to the three Hebrew children. Were they like singing praises in one sense, going, hey, this is a breeze, while they're watching the two big bodyguards like melt like wax when they opened up the door? No, it didn't look good. Ask Daniel what it looked like to have all those lions just ready to eat him up. Did it look great while he's being dropped in there? No. Miracles don't look good before it's a miracle. It takes somebody to defy what it looks like and not care. Not care enough that if I die, so be it, I die. Because when you get to the point where you're not afraid to die, that's when you don't have to die. Somebody that is afraid to die is always trying to do whatever they can not to die, which means you've not accepted the fact that you're living. But someone that's not afraid to die, my goodness, they're full of life. Come on, did you get that? Amen. amen. John chapter 12. Come on, let's just see this a little bit more. Verse 47, it says, If anyone hears what I'm saying and doesn't take it seriously, I don't reject him. I didn't come to reject the world. I came to save the world. But you need to know that whoever puts me off refusing to take in what I'm saying is willfully choosing rejection. The Word, the Word made flesh that I have spoken and that I am. That Word and no other is the last Word. I'm not making any of this up on my own. The Father who sent me gave me orders, told me what to say and how to say it. And I know exactly what His command produces, real and eternal life. That's all I have to say. What the Father told me, I tell you. So isn't this interesting? Jesus says, I don't do anything unless I see my Father do it, and I'm completely dependent upon what he shows me, and I don't say anything unless I hear my Father say it. But he tells me everything and even tells me how to say it. So what kind of life did Jesus live? He lived a life that was full of what? Creativity. It was full of imagination. He lived out of his heart where he's in connection with God, and God is helping him to go here and go here, to say this, to say that, to see this, to see that, and he's literally living in a life that's so full of the miraculous versus all of those Pharisees that knew the Bible so well that they actually missed Jesus when he was standing right in front of them. Come on, listen to this verse. I'm gonna go down here and then come back, but I wrote this verse in. And I didn't think I would use it, but I'll go ahead and use it for you right now. It says in John 5, 39 and 40 in the message, you have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there, but you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me. Here I am standing right before you and you aren't willing to receive from me the life you say you want. In other words, is it possible you can be so into the letter of the law that you miss the Spirit? Isn't that what Jesus said? He came to free us. Paul said, he said, we've been set free from what? The law of sin and death. We've been set free by what? By a law that's greater, which is the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ. In other words, the Holy Ghost will always produce life in you. He's always going to lead you into the land of the living. And you'll always walk out of the land of the dead. Come on, it's not enough for me to know my scriptures and realize I've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put in the kingdom of the Son of His love if I can't experience what the Son of His love means. Right? Come on, give me a hard copy, somebody. Give me a life that experiences the healing, that experiences the prosperity, that walks in peace, that has harmony and love in my life. Don't just give me the idea that it's possible. Let me experience it today. And if I have to wait till tomorrow, it's 24 hours too late. Somebody's being healed in this room. Pains are leaving. Where are you? Why haven't you run yet? Come on, sis. I see you back there. What's going on? And it's gone, right? You still got the shoulder blade in the back? Amen. Good. There you go. Someone else Come on, all you need is one pebble in a pond And you can get all kinds of what? Ripples One miracle will always get another four or five Because someone's going to say My God, she got that on her own If she can get that on her own, so can I Isn't there somebody else here? That's experiencing what God's doing What about you, hon? Yes The pain is leaving in your back Amen But you can feel the bruised ribs Are they still bruised? you're feeling it leave. Amen. Does someone need to smack you there just to make sure? Amen. Would it hurt if I wrapped those ribs just with my hand? Would that normally hurt? Let's stand up. Watch what happens. Amen. Turn around so everybody can see. This is where, where it would hurt, right? Okay. In the name. Thank you, Lord. No, no, no. I didn't hit you hard enough. In the name. No, come on. Who else is being healed in here? Come on, somebody has had pain behind your eye. Someone's had difficulty with pain in your head. Amen. Who are you? What about, is that you? You've had pain, migraine stuff, and behind the eye? What about it right now? And your vision cleared up. <laughs> Amen. Your vision cleared up, and now you can see me clearly, and you didn't run, so thank you. Amen. <laughs> Who else? Come on, there's, these are not isolated cases. It's all over the room. Are you breathing tonight? Then God's grace is everywhere. You're breathing him in. You're feeling him whether you feel him or not. We're not just living this out of just letters of the law. We're living this out of the spirit. And if you're saved tonight, the Holy Ghost is in you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. He's living inside your DNA, creating in your life new opportunity for new experience. The kind of experience that you could dream of. And just hope that it might happen. But it's happening right here tonight. What about you? It's, it's gone. Are you sure? Does somebody need to just kind of... I can test it out for you. Hey, Amen. Amen. And if you're going to have to hit her, you're going to have to hit her on the side of the head because the top of the head, she's got about four, no, about seven, eight, eight inches of cushion. Amen. <laughs> I like your hair. Amen. But it reminds me of the old timers that used to have those B.I. hairdos. I mean, when it would come down, it'd be longer than, the, than their bottom, you know. And they'd have about uh, at least about three packages of, of uh, bobby pins in there to hold that thing up. And if you get them shouting and praising the Lord, they'd be shouting like this. Their hair would come down and bobby pins would be going bitty, 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 all over the place. Amen. <laughs> they'd have to wear a hard hat just not to get thumped. Amen. <laughs> the good old days. I love it. Amen. Thank God for her healing. Praise the Lord. Who else? Who else is being touched? Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see it. I don't say it unless I hear it. Well, what's God saying tonight? What's God helping us to see tonight? I'll be right back with you. What about you, lady? Amen. And your husband's not sitting next to you, so it can't be him. Amen. That's good. All that is re- released from you. All that stress is going. What about this gentleman here? Yeah, what about your ribs? Yeah, and when I was thumping her, I bet you God healed you, didn't he? Do Did you know that people can get a slopped over blessing? If God heals somebody of something, if there's someone else that has the same thing, that power will travel to you. If you're open wide enough, in other words, if your heart is open enough to say that's me too, instantly you'll be just as healed as the person that got it. How are you doing? Do we need to drop kick you? Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, healing meetings are wild and crazy. They're messy. Who over here? You've been a real quiet, uh, silent group over in this area. Yes, ma'am. You had some pain while you were breathing? And how about now? Take in a real deep breath. Do you need to do anything else, like pick up mama next year or something? Just to make sure? It's good, isn't it? Anybody else? What's going on? What about someone's hip? I know someone's hips being healed. How about you? Your hips don't feel tight anymore. All right. Was there anything else that your hips used to do that was negative that now you could test and see that God's touched you? Just tightness, right? How about in the back? Somebody raised their hands and we said hips. What about you? The pain sitting there, but it's gone. Yes, right back there. And while you're sitting there, it's gone, isn't it? You think it'll still be gone if you stand up? Why don't you see? (laughs) All right, that's good. Amen. (laughs) See, we needed somebody with red hair just to stir things up. Amen, brother. Amen. That's good. Just to stir things up. What about somebody in this room you've had pain right back where the kidneys are? So why are you saying these things? I'm trying to demonstrate what I'm preaching tonight. I didn't come here with any preconceived ideas. I made sure that I didn't so that I could step up here, talk about Jesus living out of his heart, hearing things and seeing things, and what an, what an amazing life that is. Could we incorporate that life into the way that we do what we do? Because we're so patterned, our habits are so established, and we know exactly what's going on because when the alarm goes off, you even know while you're still sleeping how to touch it. And before your eyes are really even open, you can make your way to the coffee pot and you can hit it. (laughs) Huh? Yes, it's true. Why? Just out of routine. Is it possible we could break up? Oh, I don't want my routine broken up, brother. I'm telling you what. No, 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 no. Listen, if it's your routine and you're so established in it, what's the possibility you've, you've done push Jesus right out of the opportunity of doing other things than what you're experiencing? How about, are you the type of person that when you go to a restaurant, you have to order the exact same thing every time? I mean, Pastor Mark and I went to eat today, and I'd actually been there before and had a a salmon BLT sandwich. It was the best one I ever had. And I was trying as hard as I could to have something else, but when the person said it's your turn, I said, salmon BLT sandwich. It just came out. He had at least two other options picked, and what came out of his mouth was a pepperoni pizza. Why? Because that's what he gets every time when he goes there. He tried really hard not to, but it came out. Just habits and routines. Well, when I I find something that I like, I just stick with it. What's the possibility there's something else that you could like better? In other words, wouldn't you miss half your life if you never actually opened up your eyes to see that there's more to life than what you've experienced thus far? And see, if you don't have that kind of of desire to want more, then you're going to just stay exactly like you are. You say, well, I'm actually enjoying my life. Well, maybe you're enjoying it right now, but what if there was a corner in your life that you weren't prepared to take. And you get to that corner, now you don't know how to navigate because the way you've done everything and the patterns and the habits and the routines don't work on that corner. Now what are you going to do? You have no skill set to do what? To navigate by him showing you and telling you what to do so that no crisis is ever a crisis. All of a sudden, every crisis becomes another opportunity to experience another area of life I haven't experienced before, but the end result will be the exact same. Jesus will be magnified. I will be free, and I will be exonerated by the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. God wants to shake us up just a little bit so that we don't just get so used to the way we do everything. Is it possible that somebody in here is sitting in the same seat you always sit in? See, I know that because you even haven't moved since the last time I saw you. (laughs) See, we're so used to that, we do what? We remove all the creativity that God gave us. Oh, come on, some of you are just kind of wondering where's all this going? Let me take you over here to John chapter 9. I'm looking at the clock. we still got a few more minutes to say a few things and mess with you a little bit more so that God can do some wonderful things. Amen, amen, amen. It's not, I'm not doing a good job here tonight unless I take away all your options and leave you with just Jesus. And if you're nervous about that, then you came to the right place so that you can see other people experience him and then start to be encouraged that if all you have is just Jesus, you've got more than enough. Come on, Pastor, talk tonight about there's always plenty in Christ. You never run out of him. And if he's going to do anything, he'll do it big. It'll always be overflow. Amen. Amen. So you get your ribs healed and something else gets healed at the same time. You think your thyroid just got healed. You've had it since you were a baby and you can't feel it anymore. So doesn't that sound like what we just got through saying? It's so nice that you sat up here in the front. Hey and you've become a real demonstration of what God wants to do. Healed her ribs and then just happened to heal something that she'd had since she was a baby. <laughs> I mean, the nerve of God just to do everything. <laughs> you know, when we're only expecting a little and he just does a lot. I mean, really, you got a lot of gall, Holy Ghost, you know. Isn't that just awesome? And how much more? Does he want to do? Oh, come on. People are starting to find out about this church all around this country. Let's step it up even another notch. Amen? And just make this whole country a little nervous because there's something going on in Idaho that's just absolutely redefining what it looks like to be a Christian. Huh? I'm enjoying that a little bit more than you are, and I don't even live here. John chapter 9 verse 35 Jesus said right here it said Jesus heard that they had thrown him out talking about that man that was raised up at the pool of Bethesda thrown him out and went and found him and he asked him do you believe in the son of man the man pointed and said well point him out sir so that I can believe in him Jesus said you're looking right at him don't you recognize my voice Master, I believe, the man said, and worshiped him. Jesus then said, I came into the world to bring everything into clear light of day, making all the distinctions clear so that those who have never seen will see. And those who have great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. The Pharisees said, what are you calling us, blind? In other words, those that think they say they have everything, but they have no experience to back it up, have nothing. Jesus said, I came for those that don't see to make everything so clear and make the distinction so separate that you wouldn't miss that which is of God versus that which is of the world. You mean God wants great distinction in your life? Yes, so that you really know the voice that you're hearing and you really can trust what you're sensing or what you're being prompted to do, what you actually have a little vision to see. I don't know why, but I feel like I have to go here. I feel like I have to do this. Lord, you're showing me that. That's so crazy. Why in the world? Okay, Lord, I'll do that. I remember Brother Hagin talking to us and telling us about this evangelist that was amazing. And he said, a whole bunch of young men gathered around him after a meeting and said, so what's the secret to your success? And this is what he responded. He said, I instantly obey that my deepest premonitions. In other words, what was he saying? He said, I've learned to live out of this, not out of this. So that the things that I sense, the things that I feel, the things that I hear, I obey those things immediately. And if you'll begin to practice this in your own life, if you do something really stupid, then you're the only one that knows. And guess what? Don't be afraid of that. That's a way to learn. Well, I guess that didn't work. Which means what? You don't have to go there again. That's what Brother Hagan told me in a big meeting, camp meeting, 10,000 people. And I'm praying in the back room, and I'm walking back and forth and praying. And Brother Hagan walks up to me and says, hey, Jim, come here. And he took me off to the side, and he said, hey, why don't you take it tonight? And I said, take what? <laughs> he said, the service. Huh. I said, how am I going to do that? Because they got bodyguards there. If I just jumped up there and grabbed the mic when everybody's expecting Brother Hagin, uh, Pastor Hagin, the son, would have the bodyguards come and get me. So I said, how do I do that? And then all of a sudden, he began to teach me a lesson, and, and the end of the story is I didn't have to take it. at so long. Thank you, <laughs> Lord. you, know. But this is what he said. He said, most people, even ministers, miss it because they never step out. Why don't they step out? Because there's no creativity left. They got everything figured out. And if it's not the way that they do it, well, then they're not, they're not open to another idea. It's just by rote. Instead of what? By the sense of the Spirit, by what the Holy Ghost is doing. He said most people miss it, even ministers, because they never step out. And he said when they never step out, he said they've actually missed it twice. The first time, because they didn't step out. The second time, because they didn't find out by what they had, whether or not it was right or wrong. And then he looked at me and he said, I've actually learned more by what I've missed than what I've gotten right. Which what he was saying was, I've missed it a lot. Now on the day that he was alive, if I said that, they'd want to hang me because I just said, Brother Hagin's missed it a lot. Because everybody wanted to act like he never missed it. But yes, I saw him even in my own life, things that he said to me. After a service, he came up to me and he said, Jim, he said, "Uh, um, are you planning on going or will you stay with me? I said, well, the Lord said a couple months ago, he said, uh, stay hooked to the ministry. He said, good, good, good. He said, I need you here with me. He said, I'll help you out. I'll help your ministry out. You help me out. I said, all right. He said, there's somebody that's going to say something to you. He said, don't take it. So I thought somebody from the outside was going to come in and say, Jim, we want you in our ministry. Now it's going to say, no, I need to stay in this ministry. The Lord's told me that already, so I'm just going to stay put. Guess what it was? The next month, the grandson, Craig, by the direction of the son, Pastor Kenneth Hagen, took me aside and said, we want you to leave the road and come and do prayer school and healing school. <sighs> I wasn't expecting that. Because now I got the grandson and the son telling me to do this, and the, the father or the grandfather telling me, don't do it. I'm in a rock and a hard place. Which employer do I tell No. right? Which one do I tell no? You don't think the Lord's interested in us hearing him and us seeing him? I got in prayer, closed the door. I learned that as a little kid. Preacher used to always say, if you're going to pray, make sure you close the door. I take all my little friends, I take them in a closet and close the door. And then I preached on the Roman road. If they didn't want to get saved, I beat them up until they say, "I give." And I say, "Now say this." I say, "Say this after me." Jesus come into my life. I had one hundred percent results when I was a little kid. <laughs> I went in, closed the door, and I began to pray. Five minutes into praying in other tongues, and the next thing you know, I am laughing out of my mind. Laughing. You say, why are you laughing? I had no idea. And in the middle of that laughter, I saw myself leave the road and come to do prayer and healing school. I saw it. And the moment I saw it, I began to weep. In the midst of my weeping, all of a sudden the laughter came on me and I began to laugh. And I walked out of that room because now this is really interesting. I'm going to say yes to Craig and Pastor, but I'm going to say no to Brother Hagin. How am I going to do that? Because what I'm going to say is, is you've missed it. I'm not going to outwardly say that. But in saying what I'm saying, it's going to say, you've missed it. But I heard him and I saw him. See, he wants us to hear him and see him. And I walked in with confidence. First thing I said is, well, Brother Hagan, I wanted to talk to you about what we talked about. He said, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I said, is it possible that what you saw in me being a part of helping you is just as much help to do what you started and what's on your heart, which is prayer school and healing school? Because you've shared those things with me on the road, and I know how to get them to work Here. And he looked at me and said, wow. He said, I missed it. He said, Jimmy, he said, you know, uh, there's always an element of mystery in the realm of the spirit. You can know a lot about it, but there's always an element of He said, I missed it. He said, I thought you were supposed to stay with me on the road, but you're right. I'm, you're supposed to come and help me here. That's right. What you just said, that's the Holy Ghost. the hearing and seeing life. Look at what he said. He said, I came to bring everything into the clear light of day, making all the distinctions. What? Clear. Real quickly, over in John chapter 10, you don't have to turn there, but remember what Jesus said about my sheep? They hear my voice. Oh, Listen to this, Romans 10, 6, 10 to 11, and the message says, when Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way, sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. See, some of you are wondering, well, this this whole seeing and hearing life, I want to experience, I want to have my creativity expanded and my imagination expanded, but I mean, you know, I don't know that I've ever heard his voice. Listen to what he's saying. It's your mother tongue. He said, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't say, my sheep in in time will hear my voice. My sheep will gradually begin to hear my voice. He said, my sheep hear it. And he said, this is your mother tongue, and you can hang on every word. Come on, I've learned this over the years. You know, when you go to other countries and you begin to speak and have an interpreter speak with you, I don't always wait till he's done saying everything. Why? I talk on top of him. Why? Because the people who hear his or who only know that language, that don't know English, they're tuning me out. As long as I'm not louder than him, they'll hear what he says and not what I say. We could prove that right here. I could have somebody come up here and speak. Does anybody know a different language? Do you know a different language? I could have her get on a microphone, and I'm speaking English, and spe- she's speaking what? Uh, Filipino. Filipino. And she could speak at the top of her lungs, and you'd still hear me. Why? Because to you, that's noise. You hang on every word. Why? It's your mother tongue. I'm telling you, sin, the voice of this world, the pleasures, the allurement, it's all what? It's not your mother tongue. It's noise. But God's speaking. And tonight, if only you are just hearing this so that when you leave, you say, Lord, I'm listening now. Bam, you'll hear. Because to open your heart to something you haven't been hearing instantly causes what? The grace of God to help you to experience what you can't experience on your own. Somebody's heart is being healed. Who's had a problem with your heart? the way that it beats. Is that you? God's healing your heart right now. Is there someone else? Is that you? God's healing your heart right now. Who else? Is that you? All three of you, come on up here real quick. Anyone else? Come on up. Hearts, come on up. I know everybody's got one, but I'm talking about those that don't work. Come on, what's the Lord trying to do? He's trying to help us in this. Oh, I love this other verse, Romans 6, to 23, in the message it says, but now that you have found that you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you. Come on, look at what Paul's saying. He said, what Jesus did for you is he positioned you to have the mother tongue be what God says to you. In other words, you're gonna hear him really, really well. Come on, there's somebody in this room. You've known for the last five to 10 minutes that you should get up and take a run, and it's because of that foot, but you haven't done it. You don't want to disturb anything. Come on, we already had that guy run around the room just to loosen things up. (laughs) Come on, he was helping us so that you don't have to feel like you're the only one. There's someone in here for the last five to 10 minutes. How do you know that? God just said that to me. Someone with five to 10 minutes you've known that you should get up and run on that foot that does not feel like you're able to run. But you know you need to do that, just like those lungs that we smacked. Come on, there he is. Brother, take a couple of corners and realize that you can take a corner. You can take it at a fast speed now. You don't have to worry about it. How are you doing? What was wrong? You had nerve damage. And what would it mean? Would it mean pain? Difficulty to run? In what way? So move it around now. Do you have any of that pain left in there? It's all loosened up. No, run a little more. If I had a loosened up foot but had problems, I'd want to run on it a lot. How are your lungs? Can you handle going for the next 10 minutes? He had a dropped foot and broke it twice. Amen. Now, amen. God picked your foot up, amen, and healed it. You say, why are you making a run for 10 minutes? Listen, this goes across the board in the healing ministry. Someone will get healed from something, and they'll go about this far and say, okay, it's better. And then they go sit back. Don't sit down. Enjoy what God has done. Well, it's feeling a little better. Then move around until it feels all the way better. Huh? You already know how to sit down. Right? You already know how to hurt in a measure. Why not have the joy of listening to God help you to not hurt and be able to run? So you don't have to sit down any longer. Like that lady on the phone. Well, I'm immobile. Well, maybe you're not. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe I'm not. I, I, I guess I could drive a car. I say, yeah, the worst thing that will happen is you die. And that's not so bad because you'll see Jesus. And you've been wanting to see Jesus for years. Huh? See, the reason why I do these crazy things is because I've been trying to get out of the ministry for years. (laughs) And that's a really good place to be. And that way I'll do crazy things that might cause me to have to leave the ministry. And then I'll be actually able to say, hey, I'm out. But the strange thing is, because I think this way, things always work. And I haven't been able to quit. You see, if you're not willing to be wrong, you'll never be right. If you can't lose something, how can you have it? And if you're not willing to die, it'll be real difficult to live. If you're always trying to get healed, it means you've never moved on to accept the fact that what? You already are. Well, did you go back to work? Well, no, I haven't gone back to work yet because, I, mean, I mean, what? You just said you're healed. Well, I mean, right? The guy that was in my healing line, and he looked at me and goes, I want to just let you know before you, before you minister to me, I know I'm healed. Jesus is my healer. Brother, you can stop running anytime you want to. You've done real well. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. But here's the good part about it. You can run anytime you want to now. You don't have to wake up in the morning wondering out whether that thing's going to be like a flipper. You can go ahead and use it like you need to. Amen. <laughs> I looked at this guy and he, and he looked at me and says, I want, you, I want you to know that I'm healed and Jesus is my healer. I said, that's awesome. I don't usually get testimonies, you know, before I minister to people. I said, you can go sit down. And I went to the next person and he's still standing there. So I said, why are you still standing here? And this time he said the same thing, but he didn't say it with the same confidence. Well, I mean, I, I, I wanted you to know that Jesus is my healer and that I'm healed. And I stepped back in front of him. I said, that's awesome. Good. I said, I don't usually get testimonies before I minister to people. I said, thank you for your testimony. Go sit down. And I went to the next person. He's still standing. There's time with his mouth hanging open. I said, why are you still standing there? He said, well, uh, so I stepped back over. I said, well, what? Well, um, I said, what? Are you going to tell me that you still got symptoms? He said, well, uh, yeah. I said, listen, doc, I can't pray for you until you stop lying to me. He said, what do you mean? I said, you're lying. He said, I don't believe anything I said, did I? I said, no, you don't believe anything you said. I said, but you can make an adjustment right here. And God will touch you and heal you. He looked at me and he said, lay your hand on me. I'll be healed right now. I took my hand like this. The moment I lifted it up, power of God hit him, knocked him. In the I didn't even touch him. And he got up healed. How quick was that to make an adjustment? But well, what did I have to bring him to? I had to bring him to the real him because he put on a Halloween costume he put on a Christian Halloween costume. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is so good. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, God is so good. Man, I'm the heel of the Lord. I'm blessed in going in and blessed coming out. And I know they will say, well, those are scriptures. I know. But we get to the point where we say them in a way where none of them really mean anything. It's like crying wolf with something that can help you. But it doesn't help you after you do it like that because it never registers. That's why when I get up in the pulpit, you don't hear me go, glory to God, praise the Lord, hallelujah, because I was doing that as filler for years. And all of a sudden, one day I realized, stop using those phrases which are so amazing to give honor to your God as a filler for what you need to say before you begin to talk to the people. Good. If you're going to use it, praise the Lord, tell the people why. If you're going to say God is good, show them the result. Amen. Don't just say it to say it. I'm doing okay. You got real quiet. You got real Presbyterian on me right now. Amen. Why are you people up here? Oh, it's for the heart, isn't it? Do you want your heart healed? I was in Rhode Island and this lady said, I said, What do you need healed? She goes, My heart. I said, You're hot? said no my heart I said you're hot and I thought to myself she's at that time of life and Lord can we pray for that and I said so you're hot no my heart and I said you're not trying to say heart are you she said yeah my heart I said lady I ain't praying for you to put the R back in heart I said, you can't just butcher the King's English like that, take the R out just because you want to. You want to get healed, put it back in. I said, now say it like a good New Yorker. Heart. She goes, heart. I said, okay, I'll pray for you. <laughs> uh, so you guys are here for your hearts, not your hats. <laughs> put your hand on your hat. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah, that worked really well. Jesus, amen, Heal, Jesus, thank you. Wow, that was it right there, sir. In the name, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, catchers, amen. Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> is it a heart or a hat? It's a problem, what it is. <laughs> When's the problem going to go away? All right, I'm going to thump you in the head. You, you look like a person that just needs a little ding. Amen? <laughs> Take your glasses off. This is going to be a big deal here. Well, then the Lord will heal your eyes, too, so you can see. Woo, Gloria, I feel this coming on. Lord, this is going to be a humdinger. Amen. In the name. Hmm, that's it right there. Be healed in your heart. And what you called a problem, God calls an answer. Thank you, Lord. You watch and see what he just did for you. You'll have so much fun. Amen. Sleeping, getting up, and doing things you haven't done. You'll have more energy you had in years. God has a way of making a brand new heart. Amen. Put your hand on your heart in the name. Of... Oh, glory. Hallelujah. What language does she speak? Shoot, I can't do that. Amen. I was going to give her an uno dos tres. You know what I mean? feels Spanish, but. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 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 whatever she understands she's enjoying that <laughs> 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 <Hey>. <laughs> thank you for coming I enjoyed you, amen <laughs> amen amen, that's awesome you speak, obviously you speak Russian you, you're from where? you're great, okay amen amen <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. Put your hand in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. What about you? What's wrong with your heart? You're young. Yeah, I don't believe in anything I can't pronounce. Amen. I know. You're explaining it to me. I don't need that explanation. <laughs> Here it comes. In the name, command two to become three or three to become one, whatever it is. Amen. Because I didn't really understand. Two become three. Yeah. Amen. How would you know if you were healed if you were? Yeah? Does it affect the way that you feel? No? No, I, th- I like what you're saying. Keep staying on the path of figuring things out. That's how the Holy Ghost works with you. When you have what? The mind, the intuition, the creativity to open up your heart and say, let's figure this out. Right? Thank God for what He just did in your heart. Amen. What about you? I need an overhaul. Need an overhaul? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You talked to that lady right there. He downhealed her ribs and then jumped on her thyroid. Huh? Heart and blood pressure. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff, too, right? Feet. Amen. Amen. It almost sounds like the Wiggles, hands, knees, and toes. Amen. Wow, right. oh, Jesus. Thank you for this, gentlemen. Amen. What a man. Hallelujah. Full of faith, full of God, Hallelujah. and healed in Thank Jesus' name this God. night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Feel that heat come on you? Yeah, brother. Amen. I got, <laughs> I got your sweat all over my hand. amen I usually just wipe it on the next person <laughs> just one of the tricks of the trade you know what I mean you touch somebody and it's all over you just say glory to God brother Jesus is so wonderful be healed <laughs> amen <laughs> shouldn't have told you that now you're wondering what's going on amen amen <laughs> uh, hey, did the Lord do something for you oh, yeah. yeah he did didn't he <laughs> amen you reckon your heart's healed Yes, it is. I believe it is too Wow. Does it make sense tonight what we're talking about? See, it's all about what you pay attention to, right? You ever remember those days where kids would pick up sides, you know? Have one team here, one team here. Someone's captain. And you got a whole bunch of people right here and you got to pick. I'll have you. I'll have you. I'll have you. I'll have you. And you know what everybody fear the most. I wonder how God feels if we pick everything. And most of the time, when we get down to him, instead of putting him on the team, we say, we already got too many on the team. You'll have to come back another day. I always, you know, after I picked the best one I could pick, I'd always try to pick that loser. Why? I felt bad for him. I'd rather than be on my team, get them the ball somehow, make them feel like they, they could do something, and just let them stay there because you could see it on their face. Had, had no real confidence. They weren't like pick me because they, they just knew you weren't going to. They'd been there too many times. Now God doesn't get depressed. He's so full of faith. But I bet there's a little bit of melancholy in him that we get so close to being able to pick him and then we don't. We get so close to being able to listen to them, but then we don't. And we see it. We know we can see it. And we even tell our wife, come home, we say, you know, I just felt like I should, but we didn't. I don't mean to get you somber here for a moment, but folks, this is what the world is doing to us it's pulling on us. And every bit of what it pulls on is in the wrong direction. If you really want to hear him, you'll hear him. If you really want to see him, you'll see him. If you really want to see or have the impressions of what he wants you to do, you'll see that. But you got to stay what? Open to the idea and want it bad enough that you actually pay attention to it on a regular basis. Because I found this thing out about life whatever you really want, you can, you can, you can find a way to get it. Huh? You'll sit down with a pencil, and you'll sit down with a piece of paper when you know you can't do that financially, and you'll figure out a way to pull something back over here, to to eliminate something over here, and to bring something in here and think, it'll only take me a couple months, and no one will ever know the difference. Won't hurt our family at all, and I can get that. And man, you'll look at his split. You'll get on the internet. You'll start clicking, and all of a sudden, it'll be be on Amazon Prime. It'll be there in two days. (laughs) Come on. You can get it if you want to. You can do it. I've done that with golf clubs. I wanted that club, and I usually always wait a little bit because I get them off of eBay. Someone else, you know, paid the big money, and it's a good club, and I'll pay half that. So I try to justify that I'm doing myself, you know, some type of good deed, even though I'm still spending three hundred dollars. And I'm saying, where am I going to get that three hundred? I don't have it on me right now. I can't rightly just go ahead and do that because we're trying to teach the kids not to just do that, even though Aaron has a package from Amazon every single day. She found out the other day that her her gift, you know, in the five love languages, it's gift giving. Well, no wonder hello, I figured that out too. You know, Aaron, another package, Aaron, another package, Aaron. Now, if she were here, she'd argue and say, well, they're just essentials that I can get at a better price (laughs) for him, and most of them are. She's getting herself gifts. But if you really want it, you can find out how, how to get it. My point is coming around to say, if you really want to hear them, your heart will reach out, and you'll hear him. If you really want to see him, your heart will be open, and you'll see. And you'll be led, and you'll feel, and impressions will be there. I don't know why, but I just have to do it this way. I don't know what he's saying. I can't really articulate it, but I just know what he's saying. That's a freaky thing to all of a sudden not hear it, but you kind of hear it. You don't see it, but I kind of see it. And then there's times where you see exactly what he wants to do. And you think it's just you making it up. Why would you make that up? That's not your routine. That's not your habit. So it's out of character. Why not see if it might not be him? What's it going to hurt you? Five extra minutes? Ten extra minutes? A little bit of extra gas? The idea that when you get there, it doesn't work, and you kind of feel a little bit lumpy? We already feel lumpy anyhow. Come on. (laughs) There's more than enough in this life to make us feel bad on any given moment. Why not step out, put yourself in a position... You have to actually find God. Do you think you'll find him if he's everywhere? Yeah. Anybody in this room, the doctors have said you have disease of some sort, whether chronic or the terminal, but it's a disease. That's what it goes by. God wants to rid you of that right here tonight. And there'll be all kinds of testimonies in this room. If that's you, come on up. There's somebody in this room, and I'll get you after this. That you go to bed at night and you've got voices in your head telling you to do things, and those things they tell you to do have a lot to do with taking your own life, and you want those voices gone. I can help you with that. Please don't go anywhere if that's you. But don't come up right now. Wait till these people are ministered to, and then we'll get to you. Disease, right? Some type of disease. Is that what they say? The doctors say? Could the Lord turn that around tonight? Could it be this quick? I want to tell you, the last couple months, last month, God did something amazingly significant in my life or something that I just kind of learned to live with for a real long time. Do you know when you learn to live with something for a real long time, you end up settling on the idea that it's always going to be there, and you just learn to kind of circumvent it enough so that you can still function? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And it could be something, not just sickness or disease, it could be something like a habit or some type of thing that kind of becomes a real menace to you, your mind, the way that you think. It could be a lot of different things, but you just learn to deal with it and do your best. And I figured something out and got real quiet with God, said something to him, went to bed and woke up, and that thing that had been there for years I couldn't find. I couldn't even think that way anymore. It's like you took the thoughts out of my head of what actually I'd been dealing with. Because something, you know, if something's been there for a while, it can literally, in a sense, kind of haunt you every day. In other words, you have a guard up against it every day. I didn't even have to put a guard up. Why? Because it, it wasn't even there. And it really kind of freaked me out a little bit. Why? In the sense that it could have been there for so long, and in an instant, that's what grace does. It removes things. Not just that you found out that there's some pain in your body and you want it gone, you've been dealing with it for three days. I'm talking about years of something that you've dealt with and all of a sudden it's gone like it never existed. Come on, somebody talk to me here tonight. If there's a disease in this room, don't you think how many years these people have been dealing with it that in an instant it can disappear? I'm talking about feeling a little bit better. I'm talking about from one moment to the next, it actually doesn't exist. What's the possibility? If you put a percentage on it, wouldn't you give the high percentage to God? Yeah, I would too. That's the reason why I commend this thing to depart from your life. And Jesus heals you tonight in his wonderful pressure. Wow, amen. I commend Ooh, Jesus sets you free right there. Amen. Come on, there's a wrecking ball anointing here tonight. I'm telling you, God's doing something, setting you free. This disease doesn't belong in you. Come out. Be loosed in Jesus' name every bit way. Amen. I get to see you up front. Amen. You do have some bobby pins in that, don't you? Just a few. Just a few. Don't go shaking your head at me right now. Amen. I'm going to duck and cover, okay? Oh, I'm just messing with you. You've got a beautiful heart. Amen. Now take his anointing and be healed of this thing. I command that to come out and loose you. You'll never have to deal with it again in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know all too well, right? So now relate it to something that you do well. In other words, what if a horse acts up? Are you afraid of it? Or, or are you able to work with it? You can correct it, can't you? But you're not afraid of it. And if you've got one that's a little bit spirited, it almost becomes a challenge that you look forward to doing what? Getting in line, Right? So if I were to ask you, do you have confidence in dealing with that horse, you would say, yes, I've done it all my life, and I plan on doing it tomorrow. So then if I ask you to go deeper, what are your feelings and your emotions about that confidence? Does it cause you to get all nervous and sweaty? Does it cause you to have a little bit of fear and timidity? Or do you find yourself rising up and saying, no, 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 everything's going to be fine here, Right? right? The same feelings and the same emotions that you learned to conquer in that world, that's the same feeling and the same emotion right here for this. Because otherwise we're hoping and praying like we actually don't have the goods, but you're full of the goods. And Jesus is your healer. And with the same audacity to look it in the face and know that you've got a tomorrow which is actually amazing, I commend this to come out. Wow. I can't do anything but hit you. I'm sorry. You just happen to be the one. I'm just feeling it right now. In the name, I command that man to be and healed. You're laughing at him. So come out in the name of Jesus. Amen. Take this right here in the name. Amen. Be healed. (laughs) I was just messing with those guys. I I, I wasn't led to do that at all. But God still healed him (laughs) in the name. Woo. Glory. Come on. We want this gone yesterday. So today's too long. Amen. Amen. So on the name, I commit. That's it right there, sir. Hallelujah. Do you know we sang about that name? What of your beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Remember that? You know why we sang about that? Because if I wasn't even anointed, if the Spirit of God wasn't even on me, if I wasn't even led to do this, but I am, but if I wasn't, I still have a name. A name that's bigger than the name of whatever you've been dealing with. And I command that thing to bow. That's it right there. Isn't it interesting when you talk with somebody a little bit, that power really gets strong. Amen? Put your hands together like a prayer. Ha! In the name, I command that thing to come out of you. Now take this right here. I just released you, dear lady. Amen. Now be free. F- mm. mm mm Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the joy of the Lord, my dear sister, rise up within your heart. And I sense tonight that there's a dance in your feet, amen, and a laughter on your tongue because Jesus just set you free. Praise the Lord. Well, what about you? Hey, amen. Think God done all that stuff for all these folks and he's going to leave you out? No. You're not last in line. You don't have to worry about not being picked. God's already picked you and he already set you. Jesus, amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> How are you doing? Are you going to do better in the next couple seconds here? Yes. Hey, Amen. We'll take this. and That's it right there. Amen. You again. I'm sure glad Pastor, Pastor Mark started off by talking about a big supply because you've been taking all kinds of stuff. I'd worry that these folks don't have anything left. You need something else? You don't think you got it? Amen. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you so hard you'll wake up tomorrow and you'll know you got it. <laughs> in, the, in the name of Jesus, you ought to laugh. There says, "Amen." It's funny. It's way funnier than than crying about it. Amen. Amen. You might as well just enjoy, enjoy Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Disease, right? And it's not going to stay in you. No. Hmm? And it's not because anything you do? No. It's not because you're so strong, you know, mentally. It's because you're willing to lift up your hands and say, I give. And now it's just all about you, Jesus. But I ain't taking this anymore in his name. Amen. I'm not taking this anymore in his name. Amen. Amen. You put your hands out like this. Lord, into this dear woman, I sense the faith of God in her. Amen. She loves you, Lord. She calls on you regularly. She's there, Lord, in the morning, in the afternoon. She's there, Lord, God, at supper time, and even when she goes to bed. If she'd get up in the middle of the night, she'd still say, I praise you, Lord, and I give you glory. Lord God, she is very attentive to you. Now let her see that all of that is so that she can experience you. Mmm, glory. She hears you and she sees you. Let her run with this healing. because disease just left you. In Jesus' wonderful name. Wow, that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> that was really good, amen. Bring a tear to my eye too. In the name of Jesus, I command that to depart from you. Be healed. Hallelujah. Doctors say there's a disease. But that needs to leave, doesn't it? Huh? Yeah. Are you saved? Yeah. Jesus live in you? That's yeah. kind of impossible to have something else live in you too, isn't it? Yeah. Huh? That'd be kind of freaky, wouldn't it? Yeah. Huh? Have Jesus living in you and somebody else jumps in you? Yeah. No. that would be like an alien, you know what I mean, on the movie. If he's in there, then there's no more room, right? Yeah. I mean, Jesus doesn't jump in you and then say, hey, there's all kinds of vacancy. Everybody else come in. He puts a sign up and he says, no vacancy, right? So it's like a hotel that's already sold out. There's no more room. Yeah. So is there any room for a disease in your eye? Yeah. I didn't think so. In Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. What about you? Um, I, I have a very nose. Yeah. You want that to leave you? Amen. You don't want it anymore, do you? Huh? No. You're tired of blowing your nose? Are you tired of blowing your nose? I know. I don't like blowing it too much either. So, you don't need to have all those allergies. So, as of tonight, the Lord Jesus sets you free. And, son, you'll get up and you'll smell perfectly. Amen. How about you? We're about ready to quit here. I was up on the camera. You were? You were talking. Yeah. Um, well I have uh, i had a lot of problems with my eye, uh detached retina now i got glaucoma. And I woke up this morning and I felt like I had sand in it, and it's just been uh-huh. kind of bugging me all day. Yep. And I have my hands. I was like, it's me, it's me, you were going about the eye. Like, it's me, it's me. It's me. I'm just, sorry I didn't I was, see you. But um yeah, anyway, um I, I still have glaucoma. I don't have the sand feeling, but the So the Lord's doing, doing something. <coughs> Well if the Lord started something already, don't you think he can finish that? Mm -hmm. Do you have confidence that he can? Oh yeah. Can you run a good camera? I think I can. You're pretty quick though. You did get out of the frame once. I know, I know. (laughs) Faster than a speeding bullet, (laughs) more powerful than a locomotive. Amen. Amen. Here I am. (laughs) No, but I mean do you do you feel pretty good on the camera when you run it? Yeah. Yeah. Good enough to say if you're confident with that, can't you be confident with your eye? Huh? And I'm a printer, so I need my eyes. Well then if you need your eyes, God needs your eyes. Amen. Well then I command these eyes right now to be healed. Amen. Glaucoma is a thing of your past. You snuck in. Not really. I thought I thought we were done, and all of a sudden I look over you and know, there's someone standing there. Wow, what do you need? I'm blind in this eye. Yes. Cataracts in this one. Well, you don't need that. I know. Amen. Well, I command, stay, stay, stay standing. Let me keep my hands on you for a second. Okay. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Well, amen. Amen. Glory to God. What's the possibility you're starting to see? It's very possible. Yeah. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, see a little bit more. In the name of the Lord Jesus. What about this eye? How are you seeing me? In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, look at me. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, look at me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Look at me. You're amazing. No, I'm not amazing. I promise you. If you could really see me, you'd run. But I mean, <laughs> amen. You know, I appreciate you. Know. Let's, let's get it all the way, okay? Amen. <laughs> That's why I tell my I tell folks about those little credit card, you know, flash drives out there. I say the worst part is you got my picture on it, but you a sharpie will fix that in a heartbeat. <laughs> Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody! Why don't you just lift up your hands and give Him praise. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Man, you got such a sweet smile to your face. Right the Lord puts seeing to your eyes. Right now. Huh? Come on, walk with me a little bit. In his name. Thank you, Lord, for his name. Come on, look around. Look around. People have hands up everywhere. Come on, look around. If you want to do the pageant wave, you can do that. Amen. Just look around. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How'd you get up here? Come on. In his name. What kind of change is going on? Huh? You can hardly speak. Well, that's okay. You're in front of all these people and they're looking at you. (laughs) We're using you as the the gauge of how far we're going, okay? (laughs) Once I stood with Andrew, I've been blind for seven and a half years. Yeah. He ran away. That's pretty good for a blind person. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to be funny, but I mean, Indeed. she said I was blind for all these years, and then she ran, she ran away. That's good. I and mean, that's, that's what Jesus did with Bartimaeus. He said, he said, run home. And then as he began to run, his eyes opened up. Amen. Shall I run? Well, I mean, I like running. Well sis, there's something happening in you. It is. Yeah. So the reason why you would move, the reason why you would run is because you're well. Not trying to get well. Remember, be on the other side. Oh, yes, yes. Not hoping that we can get there. Be on the other side. Yeah. So walk around this room here while I'm, I'm, while I'm working with her, all right? Yes, ma'am. Why'd you come? In your stomach. No? Is it in this area? Okay. Because in this area, I hit people. And I'm going to hit him as soon as, as soon as I finish hitting you. I haven't seen how big he is, but I'm going to do it anyhow. No, put your hands on your belly. Amen. And when I touch you, I'll touch your hands, not you. Okay? That's why I did that. But the moment I do, power of God go right through you, and God's going to heal you. Is that okay? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for touching that lady. Come on, we're done here tonight. I want you to lift your hands and give God praise. I'm going to see this lady as she comes around. She's walking around here right before we're done. But let's just give him honor for a moment. Father, we thank you. We can even begin to sing that song. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. How's the rest of it go? That's all I know. Somebody help me? Mickey, how how does the rest of it go? Well, come sing it. You have no power, or something like that, right? <laughs> does that song say we have no power? That's not right. I asked Mickey for words. He'd been to Raymond, he tells me we got no power. Jesus said, I give you authority and power. I don't know the words. I just know the, the, the notes in play. <laughs> <laughs> sort of idea. Are the words on that iPad? They are, they are. Okay. Here, here. No, I want you to sing it. This will be great. Yes, ma'am. You too. Come on. Let's end with this song. <laughs> I've really enjoyed you all tonight. It's been awesome.